Oh, hi guys, hi everyone. We have here with us today Dr. Luis Mazzanti, and we'll, we're going to talk a, li a little bit about feminism, men's rights activism, and also generally about uh, human alienation in the modern world. So I'm just going to give you a quick intro to Dr. Luis Mazzanti. Uh, she has trained as a psychosynthesis counselor and specialized in psychosexual, uh, psychosexual somatics, which she is now co-developing and teaching with Mike Lozada, who is her hus husband, based on his groundbreaking work. In addition, she is trained in energy psychology, esoteric wisdom. She has studied integral philosophy and shamanism. Uh, she has a private practice in London and works with clients on Skype and wherever, wherever she travels to support the clients regain their sexual and personal power. She is at the faculty at the S. Allen Institute in California and she teaches around the world. Uh, she's also the co-author of the book Real Sex, Why Everything You Learned About Sex is Wrong alongside her husband, Dr. Mike Lozada. And she also has a YouTube channel called Mazenti Lozada. So, how are we doing, Dr. Mazenti? Good, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. let's go right into the question. So, the first one is, so uh, you've told me in conversation that you were influ influenced in some way or another by Jung's work, Carl Jung's mm -hmm. work. Yeah. And you try to apply psychology in the work you do with your clients and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, could you try to give us a simple explanation of what are the Jungian archetypes? Mm. So the Jungian archetypes, archetypes are images or, or ideas about human behavior that have been accumulated by thousands and thousands of years turning into images that we recognize ourselves by. So they are images that are in our collective unconscious that we somehow, we kind of direct our, our behavior according to. We have an idea of who we are. We're forming our identity according to these images that are already stored in our, in our collective subconscious. So the reason why I find this really interesting in, in my client work and in my personal life is because I can see how these identities, they really form our experience of the world. They form how we show up. They form our values. They form our interactions with other people. And they are not who we are. They are identifications that, that helps us understand who we want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so, um, uh, talking a bit about um, evolutionary psychology and cognitive psychology and not even mm. other branches of psychology and even also co cultural anthropology, uh, we, we now know that, for example, uh, we, we as humans come innately equipped with certain with certain uh, cerebral machinery, let's say, that allow us to, for example, distinguish innately between men and women. Uh, and we know from studies done uh, within cultural anthropology 
uh, that men and women tend to behave in similar ways throughout mm -hmm. the world, in different mm -hmm. cultures and in yeah. different times. So do you think that we can connect that knowledge that, that comes from these disciplines with the mythological representations, let's say, that come from Jung's work and the collective unconscious and mm. also the, the archetypes? Mm. I think it's very important. I think Jung's work is still so immensely essential for our our development where we are right now as a culture and as a species because um, these archetypes helps us understand and direct our energy and they are both conscious and unconscious so some of the archetypes we are trying to become and some of them we are playing out in the shadow without knowing it and that's very interesting I mean that that's the most interesting for my work is how are we playing out shadow archetypes that we are not aware of and that are messing up our lives. And that is so important right now because after postmodernism and the breakdown of values, we basically, our, our main problem in society is we have no idea who we are. So back to your question, we have no idea what it is to be a woman. What is woman what is man and we are hugely confused and that's what we can see in all this antagonism and in in, in the feminism in in you know this battle between men and women it's we are profoundly confused about identity and we have lost these very essential guidelines that that have always been there um, where, where culture was much more homogenous and, you know, before postmodernism where we had these essentialist values, we don't have them anymore. And, and, and that's a very, very important evolutionary step, but the problem is we still don't know what's next. We're looking for it, we're desperate for it, we're hungry for someone to show us what is it to be a man, what is it to be a woman? How can we move on and find new value, values where we can coexist? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so you do really think that because of postmodernism and particularly after the 60s and 70s, the cultural revolutions and societal revolutions that happened a bit throughout the entire world, that you think that because people now tend to reject a bit more uh, traditional ideas and things related to biology and what is natural in human beings, particularly men and women, do you really think that uh, that is one or perhaps the main source of most of societal conflicts that we find right now, mainly between men and women and principally in Western society? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the way, the way that I see it, I can make a parallel to developmental psychology and say in modernism, when everything was the good old days, we had the families and marriage and very secure institutions and, and traditions, everything was kept together by authority, by patriarchy. That's you know, in de developmental psychology, you can say that's the, sta the state of the child and its parents. There's this authority and the child feels safe. 
But at some point, and this is what happened during the 60s and 70s, this child, every, the human beings became teenagers. We became rebellious. We did not want those institutions anymore because we did not believe in the truth of them, which is absolutely necessary. So what happened is that we smashed every institution and every truth that was. We smashed religion. We smashed all the essentialisms that were, and it was necessary. But the problem is now that we are in the stage between puberty and growing up, taking responsibility for, okay, I've killed my parents, I've killed institutions, I've killed truth, then what? And this is where we are right now. We don't know how to be grown-ups. And that's both literally men and women. We don't know what it means to be a grown-up man and a grown-up woman. But as well as in society, we don't know what are our values, the true values that we want to form our future on. It's, it's going on at both levels, a very personal level and at a meta level and at a societal level that we profoundly confused and we have, we have to now step up, grow up and define new values. And, and this is why I see all the confusion is because Uh, sorry, we're having an audio issue here. I'm, it's coming a lot of noise from your side. Sorry. Okay. Uh, could you please reconnect the earphones if possible? Uh, okay, I think it, it's good now. Is that, okay. is that better? Yeah, 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 it's good now. Thank yeah. you. Okay, good. Uh, good. So, uh, let's continue. Okay, so... Uh, yeah. so we're talking about the cultural and societal revolution. So yeah. um, the ideas that came mainly from one of the branches of second wave feminism and more recently the third wave feminism as well uh, mm -hmm. is that uh, all that is imposed on women uh, and that is oppressive to them come from culture and society and mainly from men. But, yeah. I th uh, but I mean, uh, based on work from some people like, for example, Camille Paglia and people like her, um, she tends to focus more uh, on the ways nature by itself oppre mm -hmm. oppresses women, let's say. Yeah. Because, because w women are the ones who have to menstruate, women are the ones who bear children, and uh, nature also turned women, let's say, into the uh, nurturers mm -hmm. uh, in human society. So, yeah. um, uh, do you think that uh, this is a good observation of the way, let's say, women are oppressed, that it's much more... Uh, we have to look much more into nature than really into culture and perhaps even culture uh, in some way or another has been more beneficial to women than they tend to admit. This is a very sensitive question because it can be interpreted, you know, an answer can be interpreted as, as a reason to go back to modernism, as a reason why, why patriarchy is right. So I want to say it with a bit of hesitation. I want to say it's very important that we have the conversations and we break free of the change that were. 
that we break free of this structure that has become increasingly oppressive, both to men and women, because there's a fixed idea about how we need to be. It doesn't work for either men or women. But okay, we smash all our values, and then it's like we actually threw out the baby with the bathwater, because we are women with women's bodies and women's psyche, and we are men with, with men's bodies and psyches, and they are deeply, deeply ingrained in our DNA. So how can we, how can we somehow, how can we be with that? How can we manage that without that being a backlash of, oh, women have to bear children, so women need to go home. So how can, how can, how can we create new values that, that are not oppressive, but are more still aligned with what is true? And this is the basic question. What is true about gender? What is true about being a woman? What is true about being a man? And, and there, I think the only thing we can do is to come back to connection with our bodies. Because this is what we've forgotten when we are in these theoretical, mental abstractions of how we want societal values to be. We've forgotten to come back and feel what's actually really going on in my body. What's true for me as a woman? What's true for me as a man? And here we can both get confused about Jung's archetypes and say, if they turn into cultural stereotypes about how a woman is, how a man is, what's masculine and what's feminine, then, then we, we, we abuse ourselves because we have to feel what's true for me. Come back to that embodied feeling. And women will discover there is a difference between being a man and a woman. And it's so interesting. So I'm, I'm from Scandinavia, which is one of the, the world's really most evolved countries in, in terms of, of um, equality between men and women. And one of my really good friends, she is a high-performing businesswoman, very successful, very accomplished. She's got three children. And so she's managing both a mother role and a business role. But the other day when we were having a conversation, she said, whoa, I hadn't actually thought about thought about the fact that I'm a woman. So this is very interesting that when we want to be the same, when we can perform equally in both camps, and, and her husband is equally involved in, in, the, ch in, in the children and, and the whole family domestic life, but when we become equals in that, we forget who we are. We forget this part that is essential. And in that, it's We've forgotten to be in touch with our nature, with our bodies and our nature. And, and that's, as I see it, that's the next step that we need to take. Instead of coming out of theoretical models, we need to remember embodiment. We need to remember our connection to the planet, to the world, to, the, to life itself. And when we're connected to life itself, new values can emerge. And this is what I think, this is exactly the evolutionary edge that we are on right now. Needing to come back and feel what's real. Mm -hmm. Right. So we were talking a bit about feminism, but I think that uh, from both feminists and men's rights activists, I think that from both sides uh, come a bit of a, 
kind of victimization uh, and men and women tend to make over generalizations nowadays against yeah. the against the opposite sex mm -hmm. and i mean i know that nowadays most of the backlash goes against men and probably culturally men uh, mm -hmm. have been dealt a uh, worse end now than women mm -hmm. I, I think but um, how do you think we could reconcile let's say uh, hysteria coming from the feminist side and what can be a reactionary bitterness and resentment coming mo mostly from young men yeah yeah that's a really good question what I see is that there's a lot of shouting at each other. There's a lot of, of, of very sharp arguments that are coming against. And again, we're in the heads, we're thinking, we're argumenting, we're analyzing, and what we are lacking is we are lacking the feeling. We are lacking to be in touch with ourselves, what's real. Because when we're in touch with what's real, we get to the bottom of the real issue. The real issue is never, I'm just going to shout at all men. The real issue is that as a woman, I am feeling disempowered in my own life. It's always, we always need to come back to the personal. What's going on in me that I'm projecting out to the world? And both women and men avoid that vulnerability because that's really personal and it's really vulnerable to have to face, I feel disempowered towards men or I feel disempowered towards women because I find them scary and aggressive and, and chaotic, etc. We need to come back and feel, oh, that's what's going on. We are not communicating. We are not feeling each other. I can't feel your fear when you're shouting at me. And that's, that's what goes wrong. We can't, f we can't feel the underlying issues because we're still busy with antagonizing each other. Mm -hmm. So I want to take it from the collective and right back to the, to the personal, to the individual and say, what is going on in your life that you're scared of? Are you scared of women? Are you scared of their power? Do you feel disempowered as a man in the face of a woman? What, what is it that's really going on and, and, you know, vice versa? What is it that you're projecting onto men that has to do with your personal history, maybe has to do with your relationship with your father or with your mother, etc.? We just tend to forget that we've got our own personal stories that we are big time projecting out into the world. And that does not mean that we don't have a conversation that's so important in society about values but it needs to be felt. We need to feel each other in that conversation and, and understand each other's fears because it's the fears that, are, that, we, that makes us defensive to each other and makes a, a real conversation completely impossible. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, I think that what people tend to forget about is that liberty also comes with responsibility, right? Yes. We can't have liberty at all without yeah. uh, having responsibility for our actions and our thinkings and the people we become. So, I mean, people can't expect, uh, neither men nor women, uh, that the people from the opposite sex or wh whatever it may be, 
will bring them all they want like if they were attending to children or adolescents yeah. right yeah this is where you know we still stopped in, in in childhood or early teenage mode and and just rebelling and saying i want this from you instead of taking responsibility for how am i co-creating the situation because the situation is never imposed on you you are co-creating And it's really uncomfortable, both for men and women, to step up and, and look at how am I completely responsible for this situation. It's much easier to project it on to the other and say it's your fault and go into the blame. But we simply need to look at how we are adding to it. What are the beliefs that we are feeding? And, you know, a part of that, I, I, I want to mention this, sometimes really aggressive, angry feminism in the, the way that it comes out with a lot of aggression. Behind it is a deep and rightful anger. But the way it comes out becomes, you know, the patriarchal aggressive energy itself. We need to come back to that deeper vulnerability and see why are we so angry and, and why are we so confused. And this is both men and women. We're angry with each other because we're confused about who we are. And that is basically because we're so deeply disconnected from our nature. And this is coming back to contemporary society and what you mentioned. We're very disconnected from the natural world, from our own essence, from our, our connection to life. We're living in our heads and we're living in a way that's absolutely unsustainable if we feel into Our, our own our own nature so we can't feel ourselves deeply we can't feel our bodies and that is what makes us angry it's all the abuse that we're doing to ourselves and to the natural world to the planet that is what make, makes us angry we're just projecting it onto each other because we're deeply disconnected from our own nature both men and women mm -hmm. uh, and uh, as we were we were talking about Uh, people nowadays from both sides tend to victimize themselves a lot. Yeah. But mm, I mean, even if many complaints coming from both men and women uh, now and then are a bit overstated or exaggerated, uh, I think we ought to look at them anyways, because they might be manifestations of something uh, yeah. much wider and complex than a simple whim. And we got to know that, for example, recently with what happened to Dr. Jordan Peterson, because people tend to, redu uh, to reduce what has been hap happening to him and what he defends with uh, trans issues and trans problems. And mm -hmm. it, it is something much more, uh, much wider in general than that, right? So yeah. most times uh, people's complaints can, can be a symptom of a cultural trend that uh, via victimization is weakening people regardless of their sex and also the collective society, right? I think it's, it's so important that we always listen to the deeper message in what's being said. So it's not about transgender rights or this and that or this and that. We need to listen to in an embodied way. That's why I, 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 I keep saying we need to come back to the body. Feel, feel 
what's going on feel there's an anger there's a fear there's a something in the other person what's that about we can only do that when we come become present with each other in an embodied way then we can start saying okay what is the deeper vulnerability here okay you feel that your sexuality is, is not allowed that's really vulnerable for you you feel you want to rebel against this and that you feel that you have been unfairly treated or whatever it is and come back to that's what's going on because if we keep shouting at each other we are not going to get anywhere we're not addressing the real problems we're just having a mental combat where there's no winner by the way but because there's no real communication and there's no moving forwards there's no finding new values together we always need to hear people's experiences because there's always going to be there's always going to be a message that is important because what one person says is in the collective and we want to grow evolve the collective together which means that everyone needs to be on board and everyone's experience is a part of my experience too we are in that collective consciousness mm-hmm. so this is part of what what can become a little bit of an intellectual arrogance that we know best and these are the new values and and people feel unfelt unheard on you know untaken into account because their experience of life is not understood this is why we need to come back embodiment presence listen to what's going on mhm okay so mm. uh, and now uh, to take a bit of an historical perspective yeah. uh, before traditionally uh, we had the human society organized in a way that perhaps it was easier for people to develop and maintain a stable identity so for example people lived in small communities they were for the most part religious religious people uh, most people would live with their families their entire lives and then they married and would have their extended families and their community uh, and even if they were poor they worked and many times did the same as their parents always did and and even before them so i mean i think that this was at least a bit more in accordance with human nature and because this represents like 99.9% of what has been uh, human society and human life throughout mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. and uh, this is perhaps uh, why, another reason why Uh, nowadays people that have to move a lot around and leave their families behind and the fr- and their friends behind and get new friends and perhaps uh, change jobs a lot and so on perhaps that's another reason why and it's a big reason uh, why um, people nowadays find it perhaps more difficult to develop and maintain a stable identity right mm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, since we moved from the modern stable values into postmodernism where they were all destroyed, we we are rootless, we are alienated and we are trying to find new values. But it's a healthy process. 
it's not, oh, that shouldn't have happened. We need it to break out of that safety because it's, it's the safety of a child to stay in the known and not become their own person. We need, we need to go out into the world and find out who am I, what am I about on my own. We can't stay in these little rural societies anymore. We need to find out what am I about, what's important for me, what are my values. So we are going through right now, collectively we're going through a big identity crisis, but I see it as a really healthy crisis because it's moving from one paradigm to another. That doesn't look pretty when, when, when we, we haven't fully come into a new way of being because right now we are in the state of confusion. And, and right now, as I say, it's time to grow up. It's time to say, these are going to be my values. This is how I want to be as a woman. This is how I want to be as a man. Mm -hmm. uh, and how do you say, um, how do you think that that new paradigm would, lo would look like if we are to integrate both uh, societal and technological development with the things we've been talking about uh, regarding Jungian archetypes and knowledge coming from other areas of psychology like evolutionary psychology and so on and so uh, to try to join together the nature part with the current cultural trends. Yeah, I think that evolutionary psychology has a lot to teach us because it's coming back to the essentials. It's coming back to our nature. It's coming back to it's coming back to our bodies. So we have to integrate that with with all the questioning of the paradigms, all the expansion that's going on. We still need somehow to focus back to that grounding that is our nature, our bodies, our connect, our connection to everything that's alive, our connection to yeah, to life itself. The next, the next step is simply to, to, um, to develop a culture where we are not only thinking about the world as objects that are here to, for, for a usage, are here to be exploited, but we are here to create and manifest connections. And how can we be in connections? That's the most important because we have been in a paradigm that's entirely about the self. Me, 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 my career, my identity as a woman, whatever it is. And the next step is to come into those felt, embodied connections where I feel myself as a woman and I feel you as a man or I feel whoever else. We feel each other. We are connecting to each other because when we do that, we cannot abuse each other. We cannot overstep each other's boundaries because we're in connection. That's the next step. It's coming from the separateness into connection. That's, where, that's why this whole conversation is interesting for me because it's how can we find a way to meet each other so we are in a felt, living, breathing connection that we are not shouting at each other from our angry heads, but we feel each other. That's, that's where I see we are, that evolutionary edge, that paradigm that is... is, is is in its early developmental stages. It's really about connection and embodiment, feeling what's true and what's present, real. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So it's not that we, um, it's not that it's sensible to cut off with the cultural, uh, the societal and technological evolution that we've, we've been watching happening, right? So because it's, it's brought uh, a lot of positive things, uh, mainly in terms of health, uh, and in terms of education mm -hmm. and in terms of longevity and many, many other factors. Mm -hmm. And I refer even mm -hmm. to authors like Steven Pinker, who even recently published Enlightenment Now, where he, go, where he shows 75 different graphs uh, showing how uh, life for humans around the world has improved in a lot in yeah. a lot of ways, a lot yeah. of different ways. So yeah. we can be realistically optimist, right? It's just that we also have to be aware and attend to our perhaps natural parts that we've been negne uh, neglecting a bit. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, we've done so many in immensely wonderful scientific discoveries. I mean, what's being created is incredible but somehow our psyches our nature hasn't really caught up with that we have some really powerful tools in our hands and we don't really know how to use them in a sustainable way because we still have all this fight and battle and antagonism and exploitation of resources that's because our psyches haven't caught up with all the powerful tools that we have developed so I, I see the most important thing that's happening evolutionary right now is for us to come into that consciousness that we are connected and we, we cannot disconnect. We cannot disconnect and, and treat each other as, as object, as you're a man, I'm a woman, or, or how we do it. But we have to be in that felt connection because that makes us able to be the humans that we are techno technologically with consciousness. So consciousness needs to raise and we can only do that when we start feeling ourselves and not thinking ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, I think it was a lovely conversation. Uh, would you like to leave any final remarks? No, I just want to say I'm, I'm really grateful for being invited to this conversation because I feel these topics are essential for where we are right now. They're, they are essential because we're basically, we're confused and basically we're looking for things to grab onto and, and we need to have these conversations. Um, so, yeah, just thank you for that. Okay, uh, and are there any other projects you're involved in that I left out of the introduction that you want to talk us about or, or not? Yeah, um, I mean, my website, www.mazantilusada.com, mm -hmm. there are many different events that I, I teach with, uh, with my husband and I teach sometimes on my own as well. Um, Self-development, um, personal development, spiritual development, sexual freedom, relationships, intimacy. And um, I do women's work as well, which I find really, really essential. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, Have a look at my so website. Yeah. Okay. I will leave it in the description box as well. Good. So okay. it was a pleasure talking with you, Dr. Mazenti. 
Uh, and I hope you keep up the good work. And so I think it's all. Uh, and bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you. If you appreciate my work, please consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash the dissenter. Thank you.